Uh, how poor listeners. <laughs> it's okay, they're already here. <sighs> Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds. I don't have a pen. This is the only podcast to be only accepting cryptid currency instead of cryptocurrency. My name is Toad Apollo, and speaking of cryptids, this week we have monsters, demons, fiends, and magic. We also have a Comedy Central animated series that has, I feel like, more or less been lost to time. Um, you know I love some good cult film and television, and this show is technically covering both kinds of cult television. Yes. Um, so join me in a monster-integrated New York City as we cover the first season of Ugly Americans. Joining me on this tour of an alternate reality is uh, our producer, Kyle. Hello. Um, who will kindly be reading... A, a, oh, shit, where's the DVD cover gone? Who will be kindly reading an excerpt from the back of the DVD cover to explain the series for those unsure. Approximately 374 minutes. Colour. Rude. Lang. You're rude that you're doing this. Am I not struggling enough on my own? Take New York City combined with horrific beasts, science fiction freaks, and a dash of fantasy fairies. Then, shake thoroughly, and you've Got Ugly Americans. This animated horror comedy series follows one Mark Lilly, a social worker at the Department of Integration, as he helps new citizens, both human and other, adapt to uh, hectic life in the Big Apple. Cool, I got it. I'm, I'm assuming that was the part you wanted me to read, Yeah, because so you didn't tell me I was reading anything. Yeah. Good work. This series was created by Devin Clark. It began as a simple flash animation short series called Five On with Alan Wider. Uh, it was a fake news show in a world in which horror and sci-fi immigrants have been in America and settled for years and years and years at this point. Um, the show is five of a kind of thing being interviewed about a subject. You know, like robots on illegal immigration, demons on the environment, etc., etc., Mm-hmm. There's only a few of them. Um, they're cool, but it's so jarring and fucking weird to see some of the characters are in those clips. Because a lot of them get recycled into the actual show. So they're like beta versions of characters that I have that I recognize at this point. Yeah. Um, Kaya, you saw a couple clips. It was weird. Callie, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, yep, so we have David M. Stern, who was a producer on season three and four of The Simpsons, technically the good of stuff. Um, he helped develop the Five On show into Ugly Americans. Um, the show was specifically based on the EC comics from back in the day, um, which were like old horror things like Tales to Shock and Vault of Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at that art, you sort of see the vibe I think it's in my notes later on, but I feel like this is a... It's a combination of that horror comic era and maybe Daria. Yeah. Like, the simplicity of the art leans a little Daria-esque to me. I can see that. But I don't... I can't imagine something animated looking like that stuff. I think this is a good approximation. Like, when Mm. DC used to do really good animated movies that kind of looked like the book. (laughs) Back, that was a while ago. <laughs> back in my day, we walked all the way up the hill to watch accurate animated adaptations, and then we had to walk down. We had to walk uphill to get home. 
So we walked up the hill twice? Yeah, all people are fucking doing that shit, telling lies. I see. Alright, yeah, so... Yeah, it's based on that, but it has a simple... Like, a, it's a simplified... Um, I like when it does the monochromatic scenes with heavy shadows that really lean into that comic style. Like, it looks cool. Another colour detail I'd like um, to bring up while I'm on the subject is that its version of Hal is based off of, like, black light posters. Yeah. You know, it's super... It's, it's either black or fluorescent. I um, mean, it kind of reminds me of, like, the Zero Year New 52 Batman stuff. Remember, like, that hyper-coloured Oh, era? yeah, okay, yeah. I, I like that look. I don't think I could... Replicate it. Not even replicate it. It's not handy. Like, I can't, like, paint a room to look like that. I no. can't... I certainly can't dress that way. Just, it's one of those things where I'm like, it looks very... It's kind of psychedelic and cool. I like it. I like that style. Um, yeah, we see a bit of it in the pilot, so we should tangent into that and cover our main characters along the way. Uh, so the pilot episode, beginning with the really nice cityscape, has a... um red monochrome scene as a cold open yeah the show was always good for doing cold opens as well yeah and I, I like the way its version of new york city looks in that first frame when it just says ugly americans because it doesn't really have a title yeah it doesn't have like an intro or anything and that's the thing it's not like a futuristic take on new york city but it is it's a current if like around the time actual Im- immigration into america also featured a bunch of, like, B-grade horror yeah. monsters. It's kind of hard, because it's not, like, a futuristic New York... It's a present it day is. with a super alternate history. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Mm. Yeah, and it cut... For a show that... It had a lot of attention to detail. Like, it's history and backstory. Oh, it's, it's a very world. Oh, yeah. It's got good world building, and I like that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so we meet our three main characters right off the bat. That's a that's kind of a punk. One of my bat wings. Um, the demon female flying out of the New York bedroom. You have the man chained to the bed and a zombie breaking into the bedroom. You know, smashing through the door. Uh, the human talks about how when he moved to New York, he took the first roommate ad he f- saw on Craigslist, um, and this is sort of what happened. The human's name is Mark Lilly, and he's played by Matt Oberg. Uh, most comic book folk would recognize him as the as Kite Man from the Harley Quinn animated series. Um, you know, the, the hell yeah guy? No. Alright. You didn't watch a lot of that, did you? No. Alright. Um, after the demoness has flown away, the, the zombie roommate is unchaining Mark. This is Randall. Yeah. Voiced by Kirk Metzger. He isn't in much, but he has a really good voice, and I'd like to see him appear in more animation. He's more of, like, a stand-up guy. Um, he isn't a fan of Mark's relationship with Callie, who's that demoness, voiced by Natasha Leggero. Uh, she's another comedian with a few bit parts, uh, including the stripper in season one of Always so- Sunny in Philadelphia. Sorry, that's the example I went with. I just like Always Sunny. So it caught my eye quicker than a lot of her better things. <laughs> By this point, if you don't know who we are as people, yeah. it's too late. We have bad preferences, and that's okay. Um, and I would say these are our three main casts. You know, our Bender Fry Leela sort of um, yeah. schematic. Yeah. Um, yeah, while Mark is working in immigration, like I said, and dealing with Callie's issues as an antichrist with daddy issues, um, she's, she's also his boss. Uh, Randall is usually in the sidelines doing weird scumbag things like, like a bender. 
of sorts. Um, his origin is explored in the pilot pretty early. Um, he loved a girl who had a zombie kink. Yeah. So he went and got himself zombified. By the time he saw her again, she was now into warlocks. And it's weird seeing him mortal in that flashback. Yeah, I didn't like that Right? His hair's brushed, and somehow that's the worst part. Mm. All right. He has both of his eyes. Um, Do you like Randall? Yes, I do like Randall. He's a bit of a troublemaker. How do you feel about Mark? Mm, He's a little bit whingy, but I know that's who the character is supposed to be. Somehow he works. In any other show, that much of like a... A bleeding heart who's also kind of incompetent. He's almost like a Jerry from Rick and Morty, but with a heart of gold. Because yeah. he's super incompetent at a lot of the things he does, which usually results in the story of the episode. He fucks something up, which is usually the go. But um, in such a sea of chaotic monster people... It's nice to have that yeah. difference. Um, so there's a thing that I researched trying to figure out why Saints Row got bad after a while. Hmm. Um, it ended up being a rushed production and a DLC scammed to look like an actual game. But there's a system that we like as readers, viewers, and purveyors of the things where you either want a, a um, chaotic man in a normal world. Uh, an example would come to mind, probably. Tim Manslim. Yep. Um, or, see, that that's one good system. Or you put a normal person in... A fucking wild, chaotic world. Harry Potter. And yeah, yeah, I th- yeah. What about what about Into the Valley, when Chris Pat, Chris Pratt, back before like this Star Lord days, he buys a porno theater, and they go and watch a por- like like a little cubicle one, like a photo booth, mm. and they go in it, and like there's something mystical about it, and when he steps out, he's in the porno world. That's just a movie that exists. But that's that's what I mean. Um, I mean, the, you also have Star Lord. Normal guy in a character? Yes. Yes. It, yeah. It, so, Ugly Americans is one of those we're following a normal dude in a fucking wild place. And it holds that balance really well. Like, you would hate that guy in any other show. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, Callie. How do you feel about that one? I don't, she goes back and forth. She's a chaotic character. And she's certainly mean. But not always. Yeah. She's almost None mood swingy. None of the swingy. characters in this are stable. Nah. And it's not an inconsistency problem. It's just a chaos. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like bad writing. They, it's just like, a, what is wrong much, with you people? They very much reflect what's going on in their world in that mm. episode. And a lot of a system sort of reminds me of like Raven and Trigon. In yeah. a sense that she is prophesized. She's the Antichrist. She's... She is going to destroy humanity at some point. But because it's her dad telling her to do it, she's kind of reluctant. Mm. <laughs> Which makes her go back and forth on her natural instincts to be the worst fucking thing in the world. Or, you know, go against her dad and hold hands with a dork. Yeah. Um, yeah, as the plot goes on, Mark goes to work, narrating to himself about how Callie is his boss and workplace relationships are usually a bad idea. Um, you, as the viewer during this scene, can see how vibrant and wild and chaotic New York is. Uh, you know, it's got land whales, man birds, squids and werewolves are making out. The creature of the Black Lagoon is driving a taxi. There's a lot of gillmans in this season. There is a lot of gillmans. Look at them go. You'd love New York if it was if they'd lived there. <laughs> I don't know. You just want to hang out with at least one. I don't think I do. But you loved him. 
That's different. <laughs> you love them from a distance. I love lions. I'm not going to go hang out with a lion. You know, that's fair. Um, I love lamb. Yeah, it's a great show for someone with an eye for detail because, like, every scene is just too full of shit to examine it. You know? It's definitely full. Um, the plot in this first episode, the pilot, is that the immigration department is downsizing its social services division to fund the law enforcement division, leaving Mark to prove he can handle most of the work on his own. Yeah. Like, almost the entire section is let go, except for, except for Mark and Leonard, our wizard. Uh, alcoholic wizard. See, you think Leonard is is not good, but it turns out he's actually good. He's good. He just refuses. To, he, he chooses to not be on the board. Yeah. He's like, I could, I could do my job to the best of my ability. I just. But I'm gonna get paid either way. Yeah. So I'm just gonna sit here and day drink. And you're like, well, I mean, you have a point. Yeah, he's, he's fun. He's a good one. Again, another chaotic character that Mark has to deal with. Um, he is voiced by Randy Perlstein, who mostly does voices for small characters in Rockstar games, but also wrote the Cabin Fever movie, which seemed out of place. Hmm. Wrote, not starred, wrote. I mean... That's why I'm like, huh. Okay. All right, well, good for him. Um, anyway, this is a chaotic wizard character. Um, who else we got? We got Grimes, the gruff monster racist, who's in charge of the law enforcement department. He's voiced by Larry Murphy. Um, this guy is Teddy from Bob's Burgers, but who cares about that? Because he is the, he's R.C. McGee himself, Kyle. Oh my. Um, how do you feel about Grimes? I like his character because he's like, not an antagonist, but he hates every fucker there all the time. The episode centered around him. He's, you get a little slow, but I like him there. He's quintessential for the, he's a, like, he has to be there. I was going to say he's like Lisa, but it's kind of backwards. He's if like, the, he's opposite show, end Lisa. If the show didn't have him, it wouldn't work as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, and the last guy on my list is um, Twain Bone Raper. I don't like Twain, but I think that's just a personal thing. Right. Um, he is the boss of both sides of the department. He is the butt of a lot of jokes, and he is kind of a wiener. Um, I know him as Judge Grady from Grand Theft Auto 4, which I think we've covered when I just spoke about the radio on Grand Theft Auto games. <laughs> I might have touched on it. Yeah, I, I fucking loved Just or Unjust. That's that's for me. Kai would know him as Louis from Princess and the Frog. Oh, my boy Louis. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the listeners would recognize Michael Leon Woolley from any number of other parts he's played. He's done a lot. Spends a lot of time being dark side in pretty much everything. Injustice, the cartoons, a couple other video games, the Lego version. But yeah, he, he's in—he's one of those dudes in a whole bunch of stuff, and yeah. you recognize him once you pick it. Yeah. Um, so while Mark is checking up on his immigrants, do you want to talk about some of the main ones, Kyle? Um, I like Kenny. Is that the koala? Yeah. He, um, in the commentary, they he did just try needs, to like—he just needs love. He shouldn't be in that city. He's not—he's not made for it. Um, he's yeah, not made for any city. The the, the writing team were purposely trying to get him to cry at least once an episode. You can tell. Yeah, poor guy. Kenny is a anthropomorphic koala. He's barely anthropomorphic. He's just a big koala in a shirt who's upset. He walks on two legs. No, you're right. That's fair. He does. Um, you've got the Croatian man who didn't get a name. No. Um, that's, again, Mark is just not... He doesn't know any of their names because he is actually really shit at his job. Yeah. 
Um, I like him because, like you said, like it's not his immigration isn't just relegated to monsters, and it's kind of weird and out of place when there's just like people around sometimes. Uh, you've got Toby the fish. Oh yeah, top half fish, bottom half jeans. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the two-headed guy. I don't know what their names are. I mean, he doesn't know them either, so don't worry about it. He's not very good. No, and of course you got the great brain. Oh, I like the brain. He's a, yeah, he's a dick. He and is a dick. He's Canadian. Um, yeah, so Mark is checking on them at their jobs. Randall is shopping for a new chin. Grimes is arresting illegals, and we have a dinner meet the parents type of day. That's There's always a shitload of B, C, D plots going on in like every episode. It's very packed in. I think that's why it feels but it's got so good world building. there's a lot going on, but mm. it never feels like there's too much going on. It, just, it fits the world. Yeah. You know, like it, it works well. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have a cat that is literally just pacing back and forth across our table. Um, so Callie's dad is Satan. I think we sort of brushed up on that. Um, he and his weird current wife with no eyes and lobster claw hands. Um, we meet her. Uh, they both want Callie to follow in his footsteps and in the world, and her rebellion against Daddy is to avoid doing that and dating the most milquetoast, sweet, soft bitch she can, which is Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that in, you know, like most girls with a daddy issue would date a guy with a motorcycle who smokes, whereas because hers is Satan, it's like the other way. Yeah. She's gone through her rebellious teenage phase. Yeah, by dating an office guy. <laughs> yeah. Which is a fun way of doing things. Um, I don't really think she's protecting humanity. I think it's just petty against her father type stuff. You know, it's cool. Um, and it's a good pilot. Uh, very busy, but it matches the show's universe. Um, I still think I would rather live in Futurama's New York over this one. But this one's a fascinating one to look at. Yeah. Um, another credit I want to give is Andrew Landry, who is the guy behind that end credit and transition music. Oh, that's pretty good. It is very good. There's a 10 minute edition on YouTube. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. Give me a time and then I'll get a tea towel. 19. We're single. Alright. So, quick mention of episode 2. This is an American werewolf in America. Uh, in this, a werewolf joins Mark's cancelling group after ripping off a man's arm. Mm-hmm. Um... The Chris Angel parody is a key plot point throughout this episode, which leads to another little discussion we have about this show. Because me and um, I suppose at this point a lot of people, when and if they find this show, a lot of its references are built error appropriate. I mean, that's very regular for most shows. Yeah, and it's just, it's got a weird balance because it hits all these weird like old school horror things but then it'll reference whatever's like trendy at the moment like there's a early Justin Bieber reference in here and all these other weird bits and pieces so um it's it's odd um like in episode two has a um guitar hero bit in it and only losers would talk about guitar hero oh definitely yeah um anyway like the old timey references are fine because the sheer amount of them makes up for it like I, I don't mind them I think like Look, either you get the reference or you don't get the reference. Yeah, either you're like, hey, or you'll or you just don't even know, so the episode moves on without you. It doesn't matter. 
Um, Better build jokes around references. Within a three-second period in episode two, we have a You Shall Not Pass, a Palpatine, and an Oz the Great and Powerful reference in a three-second period. It packs them in pretty good. There's enough of it. It goes so hard and fast that, like... You don't feel like you're missing out on a joke that's going because if you're if you miss three or four, you're 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 fine because this yeah um yeah this episode also shows that the series has a vast and strange history. This version of the world has had creatures in it for a very long time. So things like the American Vampire War against the Irish immigrants is a thing that exists. Everything has room to be touched on and to exist in its world. And that it's it would like ha- slightly based on real world events, so you're not like, oh, they've you just the gist invented shit, yeah. a thing for no reason. I think if this show had picked up a bit, like, at all, I think it would have made for a really good fake encyclopedia. Yeah. Or a history book. Yeah. That, I think that would be a fun thing to see. Um, the next episode is one of my faves. Um, it's called Demon Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot in so many words, is a very Italian demon is caught selling a baby. Uh, Mark spends the day with the baby before putting it into literally the drop-off bin at the adoption agency. I'm in the sport Little demon baby. Um, While this is happening, Callie sees him with the child. Um, Kai, what's that thing thing you people do when you see a man you half... Baby fever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she gets that. Oh, yeah. What is, the, what is that? Um, that is our natural instincts taking over our smart woman brain. Do you engorge? I don't think so. No. She yeah. does. Yeah, she does, and she lactates fire. Um, the sm- I definitely don't do that every time I see a baby. Not every time. Um, the smell of this specific horny pheromone gets to Twain, and he gets his male demon uh, boner thing. Basically, a giant cock comes out of his chest. Yeah, breaks through stone. It's a big barbed thingy that grows out of his yeah, stone. Yeah, it's not... No. No, you're not into that one? No. And they've they've got this whole thing where, like, on live television, they have to have marital things where he pretty much just, like, rips her in half with that thing. They don't end up going through with it, but I don't... Again, next to that encyclopedia of um, American history, a... um. The Birds and the Bees Demon book would also be a good addition to the series. Um, and while that's going on, we have Randall hanging out as well because women love kids and he likes women, so that's his whole part of episode three. Uh, we also see the ongoing characteristic, like his character trait, of filming Mark and Kelly having sex without consent to pay his side of the rent so he doesn't have to get a real job. I mean... It's like a non-consensual OnlyFans setup. Yeah. Except it's old school, so they're, like, doing VHS and DVD releases. Ladies and gentlemen, get consent. <laughs> Shouldn't have to tell them that, but yes, you should. Should have consent. Um, so Twain has to try and woo Callie in the episode, and she considers him to be gross, um, but she does still consider him in order to adopt a demon baby, which you have to have at least two people in a relationship with proven upper body strength for when its puberty happens. Yeah. Um, this episode introduces Callie's real mother, a human woman who is very clearly based on Rosemary, a la Rosemary's Baby. I didn't watch that. Me either, but I did joke about how the baby in Resident Evil is Rosemary Baby. We did. <laughs> we did. Baby Rosemary. And then it died. Yeah. 
Anyway, the episode spoilers for Resident Evil, I guess. Um, anyway, this episode solves itself in a really interesting way. Um, I like how it goes, and I like that they cut Twain's demon dick off. <laughs> it's a fun episode. I like that one. Um, the next episode, the next couple of episodes, actually, are good, but for the sake of time, i got to rush them here. Uh, Blob Gets a Job is about Randall going home to see his parents. I didn't realize how early this episode was, actually. I don't think I watched them in order. Probably not. I feel no, like this was a later one for me. No, this was my um, recovering from Wisdom Teeth binge watch. I've come back to it, obviously, since, so I remember it, but I was definitely watching it in the wrong order. <laughs> um, yep, so he has to go home, meet his parents, who don't know he's a zombie. See, his father fought in the zombie-human civil war, so I guess he's, like, zombie racist. Again, alternate history kind of fun stuff. Um, it's got a strange tolerance allegory vibe, so it's kind of sweet. Meanwhile, the blob is a byproduct of uh, mob snitches and chemical waste. Yeah. Um, it's a fun time. Again, with, Yeah, it's, it's got some of that outdated stuff, but it's good. It ends with a Sopranos joke. kind of liked the old references because, again, they're either timeless things that you're like, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about, um, or they're a, fun, they're a fun callback to pop culture zeitgeist stuff, yeah. Um, or they go away over your head and they don't matter because you don't even know you missed them. It's one of those things where it's like... Everyone can get a different experience out of the same thing. Yeah. You can watch one scene and find, like, eight or nine different things, and they'll be different to the eight or nine things your friend picked up. Yeah. You know, it's fun that way. Um, the next episode is Treegasm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a mating day celebration in New York City for two big tree creatures Um, when they... Trees grow. I don't know they if you, do. At a slow rate. They do. Mm-hmm. So they, like, make... Like, a couple trees will make their way to each other. Mm. And when they finally connect and mate... Because they're tree monsters. There's a big celebration in Central Park about it. Um, so uh, Mark accidentally talks the boy tree out of it um, by talking about how wild and awful it is, you know, when you're young and handsome and can have any woman, and you usually do have every woman, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a horrible rush to have sex with everyone all the time. Cause he, <laughs> you know, because he's very vanilla at all times. So, um, yeah, and the B plot is Randall loses his dick. As you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a fun time and pushes some envelopes that... Hmm, yeah. Um, I also love the quote, Welcome back. If you are just joining us, tune in earlier next time, jerks. Yeah. It's um, a good, good quote. Yeah. Yeah, this show takes place in a weird period of time, too, where it pushes a lot of envelopes, but, like, it's in between... Errors, because there's an ebb and flow system in place. Oh yeah, definitely. There was the big rise of like, like that that era of South Park and the Happy Tree Friends and the Drawn Together and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there was a lull where there's nothing but bad Simpsons. Um, and this this first season aired at the same time as like Adventure Time and BoJack Horseman were just starting. I wonder what I was doing during this time because I definitely wasn't watching any of those. That's what that's what I mean. It's in it's a lot. It's in the low point. But by the time it was finished, then we're starting to ease back into that stuff with Rick and Morty and still didn't other examples. That's what I'm saying. What what was I doing at this point in my life? Probably, because I was not paying attention to this. Apparently. Probably watching Dexter or something. No, didn't watch it. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm a terrible pop culture fan. I was probably just rewatching Peter Pan. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um. 
So You Want to Be a Vampire is the episode to follow. I gave it to Kaya to cover as it's built around a Twilight parody. Um, and then I put all of your things in in brackets, but you don't really write sentences when you take notes. Well, then so, notes. You don't... You, I don't trust myself to remember everything, so I write everything down. I don't trust myself to remember anything either, but I also use shorthand. <laughs> because I don't have time to write out notes. Well, my dumbass does, so... Okay. Well, we watched... What was it called? So you want to be a vampire? Yeah. It's a Twilight ripoff. Mm-hmm. You're um, in. You're in my brackets. Yeah, uh, I'm here. I can't see them from where I'm at the table. I found them. I just couldn't remember the name of the episode because we talked about stuff. Yeah. Um. Ba- basically, you like come in on the scene of Edward and Bella getting jiggy with it. Um, but they're not allowed to get jiggy with it. Because you have to. Because. This is a society that's been built around monsters and stuff. You need to, um... You need to get a permission slip. It's not like... It's kind of like a DMV for vampirism. Like, you have to go through the proper channels. Um, the other difference is that Charlie is trying to break them up. Charlie, Charlie, I'm assuming, is a Twilight character. Yes. Cool, because I'm like, I don't know a Charlie. He is the dad. Which, in oh, this... He had a moustache. Yes. Ah, Commissioner Gordon-looking guy. No glasses, though. Well, in this, it's... um, Her dad, who is Grimes. Grimes. Yeah, that, the who twist... Who also that, has yeah. a moustache. But we don't know that at this point. We don't know he has a moustache. Um, it's Carly and Mark's 666th anniversary. They're vague. I'm assuming days. <laughs> I'm going to hope so, because... It's either days or hours, man. For years. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so Mark's busy trying to, A, work out the vampire thing because he doesn't want Grimes to, like, cause unrest. Yeah. While trying to organize Callie's 666th anniversary date that he totally did not forget about at all. Yeah, and then there's, like, some weird, like, he gets her, like, a soul box or something. Yeah, something some weird happens. Weird demonic shit takes place. Um, That's usually the case. Talking about demonic crap, yep. the big plot is everyone turns into Larry King because he mixed his pills. Yeah, he accidentally... There's a side effect of cloning. Which doesn't Infectious make sense, cloning. but... Well, you need a host to clone into, I guess. It's weird. Exactly. Yeah, it fun. doesn't make sense. No, no, it makes sense. Um, it makes sense in a loose comic book way. But, but bringing in our, like, weird, you know, pop culture references and stuff... Mm. Nosferatu's here. Yeah. Um, he's helping everyone not turn he's into He's like a head Larry vampire King. scientist. Um, I'm, that's that's my notes, ladies and gentlemen, because... Shorthand! Yeah. Um, and a cool another cool cameo next to Nosferatu is there's a news coverage of the... Um, right at the end of the Larry King cloning thing. Saga. The news guy is Alan Wider. Yes. From the original Flash shit. Exactly. Isn't that cool? Amazing. I mean, I think it is. Because, like, none of the... I suppose he'd be the only main character in those original ones, and he is not in this. So I like that he got a little cameo there. I thought that was fun. I have no idea what we're talking about. The guy reading the news in the Larry King episode is the dude from that Flash animation from before Ugly Americans. Ah, that's why I thought you meant The Flash. Alan Wider? That's why I was confused. (laughs) 
You now understand so, so why flash I Flash animation not... as in it's like shitty old Flash. See, Adobe I thought flash. you meant like DC's God rest flash. his soul, Flash. <laughs> right, that's gone now, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's shit. Yeah, um, yeah, the dude from that original thing did a pop-up, which is fun. I, I can't think of any examples of anything like that. You have creators of stuff cameoing in like movies and shit. But I can't think of anything that goes back the other way like that. What of a character popping up? Yeah. So like you when, know what? No, it's like it's when like the Anita one in Bradley. and Roger pop up in the new Cruella movie. We don't know that yet. That might be the last. That movie might still hold up. <laughs> I say sarcastically. No, do you remember how there used to be heaps of cameos of that one-eared rabbit in early, fe- a little bit in Futurama and early um, Simpsons? No. I think there was a plushie that Maggie had at some point. In the but nicest it- of ways, I didn't watch Simpsons and I don't really remember Futurama. No, well, there's a one-eared rabbit, usually a plushie, just around in the background. And that was um, Matt Groening's original comic, which had a fucking name. Um, it's, it's like that. It's a, it's a cameo of a previous life, I guess. Nice. You know, I, I think, I think it's cool when I see that sort of stuff. Um, so next up in the last episode of the first, blank page. <laughs> so the last episode of the first installment of, of season one is, uh, Kong of Queens. How are we going for time? 34. All right. And there's a minute of that that needs to shave out because a cat was... No, I paused it. Oh, thank you. Very smart. Um, yeah, Kong I know of, I am. Kong of Queens. So the show was only picked... This is what happened. The show was picked up for seven episodes in 2009 um, with another seven put together the following year. Similar to how Rick and Morty does it now. Um, aside from the classic King Kong references, you know, every episode has quite a few A, B, D, J plots going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Kong itself is dealing with his uh, cleaning addiction. Social services is closed down for a little while. Uh, Callie is on a business trip with Twain, having to deal with her subconscious desire to fuck him and bring about the end of the world. Um, she might hate him, but there's a prophecy in, and all that stuff, so she kind of naturally has to. I don't know. I don't know how that shit works. Um, family obligation. Yeah. <laughs> family obligation to fuck a demon and end the world. Um, Mark is spending some time with Randall seeing his daily activities, you know, like installing peep holes, walking cute dogs around to pick up women, um, running an advice column for South American transgendered models. As you do. Yep. Anyway, he's hit by a bus. So the next story in the episode is Mark trying to get Randall's legs repaired. Uh, in the background, you see how Mark's cancel group are dealing without their sessions, which, like, their sessions aren't good. But it's a consistency. I guess so, because... It's a routine. Because it's closed for, like, a week, and we see homelessness, prostitution. The koala joins Al-Qaeda. It, look, he's very <laughs> um, impressionable. Apparently. Yeah, aside from some, aside from a severely outdated uh, The World Will End in 2012 reference... I think this one actually does hold up pretty well. It could While have rewatching, it could have. Have you felt alive since twenty twelve? Has it just been the same fucking shit one day after day? Yeah, it's actually been pretty shit since twenty twelve. Right? <laughs> I would say that life has ended. All right. Speaking just... of which, I found you a bath bomb. Maybe, maybe it's a we... toaster. Okay. Maybe we misread the the calendar. It didn't the say prophecy. It didn't say life ended in twenty twelve. It said. 
your life. Love ended in 2012. It's nothing but shit. It's no, as it's, close to life as say, I can get. It doesn't say the world will end in 2012. It says... Your will will end in <laughs> yes. 2012. Um, yeah, I think this one holds up pretty good. Um, I do wonder about Mark and Callie's relationships throughout the series, though. Because I think this is the first time we see the torture rack. Might be the yeah. first time we see it. Um, she's she's a very cruel and torturous BDSM dom type, you know, hence being the demoness. I mean, she is a demon. Well, Mark is the most vanilla man in the world. And I say, I mean vanilla. He's not like a sub. He's not going to, I can't see him no, getting he just, tortured. Look, he, he likes, gets tortured. I don't he see likes him doing into it, it in the bedroom and that's it. Do you think he's like super into all that, like whipping and no. getting bitten? No, no. He, he, he does it in the bedroom and that's it. He's not out here doing it on the couch. He's not trying it in the shower. Yeah, I, I can't He's pick... not doing it outside. It's weird. I don't know. I don't understand it. He ain't doing no horizontal monster mash. Hmm. He's just loving. He just doesn't strike me as a dude into that sort of stuff, but he just kind of gets roped into it, I guess. I mean, it's his girlfriend. He's not yeah. going to tell her no. Yeah. Um, and it's sex. He's not going to say no. Yeah. Um. So. Apparently. So this is where our part one will end. Mm-hmm. Because um, I feel like it's a good break point because the show literally takes like a fucking year break at this point. I, I've worked out what I was doing at this point. Oh, yeah? Uh, In 2009? Graduating high school <laughs> and working full-time at university. All right. So, you know, I was busy. Hmm. Too busy for this. Explain, explains a lot. Hmm. Um, all right, so do you have a favorite character overall? Um... No. Do you have a favourite episode? No. Do you have a favourite joke? Probably, but I couldn't remember <laughs> it off the top of my head. I know what you're what you're aiming for here, mm-hmm. but I can't really, you know. It's not a show that I engage with. I'm happy to watch it, but I don't have any memory or recollection or favorite it's weird because it's more about like the background stuff and the jokes and the references and the chaos an actual plot is almost irrelevant kind of yeah because it's such it's such a perversion of the day in the life setup yeah i don't know like i i know that's not a good answer or anything and really doesn't make it sound like you should like go out and try to watch this or anything If you're bored. Oh, gosh. If you're interested in, like, pop culture zeitgeist. I love it as a lazy day show. Yeah, that's that's what it is. It's such a good thing to just veg out and look at because every scene is so fucking full and interesting to look at. It's, in, it's engaging. It's like, it's like how you watch something with subtitles because if you don't, you're going to be on your phone and not watch it anyway. Mm. It kind of does that just with, like, background nonsense. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it for that. Look, it's not a bad show. It's just not a my show. And I like its art style too. Yeah. It's, it, it, it all kind of looks like those weird... You know, there's, there's like a couple of like thrash metal bands that'll do animated music videos now and then. It reminds me of that art style, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It is very like early 2000s animation though. It's fun though. I like that shit. It, it's a nice throwback. Yeah, dude. If, if you're missing the old days, 
with your skinny jeans and your side part. Hmm. I'm trying to think now, because because a lot of it does have like outdated vibes to it now and then. It's mm, it's almost like an old dude watching the Brady Bunch because it reminds me of like an, a, a simpler time. Mm. But, but yeah, it's kind of like if a simpler time was only like a few years back. Kind of is. Let's be real here. Things haven't been going well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would you recommend it? I think so. I think there's a... Even if you get excited about one weird reference that feels... There's so many that, like, sometimes they hit you and you're like... And because they're so specific, and there's so many, that they go a little bit left of field sometimes. Yeah. So when you see one that excites you... It's usually worth an episode. Like... It's like when you go to Halloween dressed as a thing that only two people get. Yes, it is. That it's, is it, exactly that, what this mm. show is. And if that's something you like, where, where you have a... Actually, that is... Exa- it's going to a Halloween party, but the costume you picked, only two people at that party get. But they love Because that you can shit. look around, and you're like, I know that thing. I don't get that thing, but I know it. I don't know what that is. They did a terrible job of coming up with their costume. Check it out. And right. oh my god, that one person really loves me. Check it out. You ro- you roaming through the 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 convention. There's way too many Suicide Squad Harley Quinns. Like there's a shitload of them. It's 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 baffling. There's still a lot of Heath Ledger jokers. And you see that one chick walking around dressed as Stephanie Edgley from Ooh. Skullduggery Pleasant, specifically the Dark Days cover. She's carrying the skull from the original cover. That shit. This show is that right there. Mm-hmm. That's a good analogy. I like that. Yeah, because I don't want to spoil it, but there's an episode with Brian Peppers in it. What the fuck? Who does that? that and is, if you got that reference, that's for me. you understand. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. That's what it's all about. That's the game, everybody. That's, that's what we play. And, I wrote down an ending. That's like the that. game of... This episode, yeah, um, or do we have homework? No, no, no. I don't. I'm not going to do part two next week. No, it's, it'll be a little bit, a little down the track because I, I had to force myself to read comics because I am in a reading drought. But um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm going to come back to it and then we'll have homework then. Okay. So for now, you're safe. Ooh, thank God. It sounds like you need it. Oh, I do. All right, all right, fuck it. Small, oh, small you just home- told me I was out. F- small homework for the sake of maybe a little bit of filler time. <laughs> maybe. Um, if you were to have a sci-fi monster roommate, like Mark and Randall, would you go for the creature? Or is that a bad idea because no, you'd be wet? What would I you would, go for? That would be ridiculous. I think it may be mummy. I don't want uh, no, sand. I don't he, want sand on my stuff. It's coarse. Uh, a, there's it gets sand everywhere. everywhere. And B, he can mind control. Yeah. You're right. Me thinking I can talk him into doing mind control for my personal gains is probably going to result in me getting mind controlled. Shut up. It wouldn't work for you. Mm. Invisible man. Because then I'd have my own house. You don't even know he's there. No. Rude. I can't see him. Mm. And eventually it'd be like Big Brother where you forget that he's there in the first place. Yeah. Except for, you know, he killed a bunch of people. It's not practical, but I'd like to see a jackalope. 
the concept I, I think is fun. Well, that's tiny. a pet. That's I, not a. I know, but they're cool. It's a bunny with antlers. If you're gonna Come do on. vampire, it depends on which type of vampire. Hmm. Because there's a lot of types out there. Camilla, the vampire queen. That she way. She eat me. Yeah, but she won't eat me. That's why it's a good roommate for me. Hmm. Let her go to have lesbian adventures. I'll just I'll be playing. I'll probably be playing Resident Evil still. And she'll be and she'll look. She'll over. be really upset. Yeah, she'll like, look That's over my and s- she'll look over and see Lady insert the pronunciation. Dominatrice. That ain't it. But you just swung for the fences, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm playing it, and I'm doing that shit. And she leans over. The Camilla Vampire Queen leans over and goes, "Fucking racist." <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I didn't know she was a vampire. I just follow the memes. I don't know what her deal is. I'm just here to play games. Yeah. I think that's a good answer. Alright. Remember to rate, review, subscribe if you want to hear part two later on. Uh, Explore our back catalogue because there's other things in there. Over 200 of them. Mm Mm-hmm. 202 by the time you're hearing this. Alright. Thank you kindly, Producer Kaya. I have been here all day. For staying out of bed long enough to press the record button for me. And then do all the other parts, because it's complicated. Yeah, and after this, you're going to want me to feed you, too. Yep. Uh, I've been your host, Toby DePaula. I was a demigod, and all I got was this lousy podcast. Ladies and future boys, class dismissed.